solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 9 The Half-Blood Prince Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this, this is, is Potter, Watch. Potter Watch. Hello, friends. How are we doing? Are we taking time for ourselves? Are we being mindful of what we need? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do right now. All of this to say is there's a lot going on in the world and there's always a lot going on in the world, but right now specifically things are happening and they're happening very quickly. So it's making um, potentially some of our conversations that we're having about the Harry Potter series. Um, uh, Molly put it perfectly when she said it seemed a little tone deaf because we're not speaking about the specific um, world events that are happening at the time of our recording. And that's because a lot of our um, episodes are pre-recorded and we're not in the same place as the world is when we're uploading on Sunday. So um, sorry if it seems that way to you. We also hope, like we do talk about a lot of heavy things on this podcast, but we hope to um for you guys it can be a respite for some of the things that are happening in the world and for us when we come and record this it is like that for us as well so that's what i have to say on that <laughs> and, and it's just crazy how much these books are relevant still today yep. with the world <laughs> yep. Yep. so yep. Yep. <clears throat> Um, yeah, Half-Blood Prince. I mean, come on. <laughs> Half-Blood Prince. And that is the name of today's chapter, chapter nine. <laughs> chapter nine, the Half-Blood Prince. Um, the mixed race. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Alex. <laughs> that was me. I'm black. I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> Um, just like being really conscientious of um, <laughs> what we're saying, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys follow us on Instagram. You've seen the cover of our thing. You know one of us is Black. If I'm making a Black joke, it is because I'm allowed to. <laughs> we're a mixed race couple. <laughs> Of podcast hosts. You didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. Don't <laughs> queer bait on this podcast. <laughs> what? what we don't queer bait on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners, they ship us. Yeah. For sure. There's fan fiction written about us in Archive of Our Own. Definitely. Like, they hate Griffin. They really run him. <laughs> yeah, they run bash Griffin. <laughs> Siri Griff. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's do our best to get. Speaking of romance, this is a very romantic chapter. Oh, I still haven't renamed it. All right. I'm going to just do like a dumb rename that I thought of earlier, but I was like, I can do better, but I can't. You can do much better. So much um well you just reminded me because I was gonna rename it which I have now done um 
something's brewing. Something, some things are brewing. Some things are brewing. (laughs) And um, once again, your um, theory on Harry's uh, bisexuality becomes clearer and clearer. Wait, in what, in what instance? See, I'm not even looking for it. I mean, I guess I'm like, I'm not like looking for it, but I'm definitely like very aware. I just mean like there's a lot of like him paying attention to Draco plus like the Jenny, like. Right. I mean, I do, I think for me, I don't make notes on it because I have seen all of the evidence I need. Like, Ginny and Harry being a bisexual couple is canon to me. It's not, it's not, it's not something I have to look for evidence of, it's particularly Harry. Ginny really has no evidence of it, except for that she's into sports, which I feel is evidence enough. That is so bad. I know. I do not care. <clears throat> have so few women in the Harry Potter series. We really need. We must do what we must do. Um, but no, I just I noted a couple of times, just like, and it, it, that's just gonna be the whole book. It's just Harry like paying attention to what Malfoy is doing. So so much attention. This boy, calm down. Literally, calm down. All right. What was your rename? Literary luck. Oh, yeah. I love the Felix Felices. Thank you. And because like he has good luck with the with the advanced potions making book. I lo- I got really excited reading this chapter. I love this chapter. I like a lot. I mean, I I know I've been scoring high for a lot of the chapters on this book. I really do enjoy this book a lot. And I some and people give me a hard time about it being my favorite book a lot of the time, and that but like ha, reading it this time, I don't think I've had I think I've had only one chapter that has really been a low rating for me. Like it's all just fun. Yeah, we both I think same chapter. Um, yeah, I think um, I'm liking this book more right now but I know that it's gonna probably take a yeah I think there I think there might be a lull in it that people talk about like people think it's too long or something I don't for me I don't think it's blank because this is actually a little bit shorter than the other books it's like the tone the tone goes real dark like right now it's still pretty light but we're about to get to that green monster I know I love I mean I just I love the Jenny Harry romance and that's like definitely my favorite part of the book. Yeah. Uh, do you want to sum up this chapter for us? Did you actually sum up the chapter? Um, kind of, yeah. Okay. Maybe you should go after. Okay. Mine's a bit fun. Well, do you want to well let's end on yours then? All right. Tell us what this chapter is about in a five okay. seven five. <clears throat> First day of classes. Which, of course, means Snape's an ass is (laughs) Harry's potion passes. (laughs) I love it. Your turn. (laughs) Um, um, 
So do we all know that song, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie? All right, so mine's a song, spoiler. It's to that tune, okay? Just, so keep that tune in your head, sing it. Da 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 da, you got it, you got it, all right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) When the brew hits your nose like the whiff of a rose, it's amortensia. That's amazing. And it is the correct number of syllables. Oh, wow. I thought it was long. That's awesome. Yeah. That made my week. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, friend of the podcast, Ben, I did a little uh, pre-show of that for him and he was not impressed and I was so proud of it. So he's a monster. I know. How rude. Um, speaking of that, not really Ben, but in general, we're going to be having um, some friends or some like guests on the show coming up. So just a little a tease about that so much fun can't wait um I've also meant before we like started started to do the email should I do it now or should we wait who who there's a little owl an owl with a little scroll (laughs) with a little scroll let's read it Molly read it (sighs) that was me (laughs) Um. <clears throat> this um, hails from Annabelle Martinez. Um, sh- they wrote a lovely email. It says, um, dear Molly and Alex, Molly and Alex, Molly first. That was a big discussion point. <laughs> um, okay, she says, or they say, dear Molly and Alex, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for spending so much time working on these podcasts and for updating so often. Listening to her podcast on Spotify has given me so much joy the past year. I started listening to her podcast around July 2019, and I finally caught up not so long ago. I remember searching for a podcast that would provide an intellectual and insightful conversation through the Harry HP chapters, and amazingly, I found your voices. I found myself looking forward to listening to your antics and conversations every morning on my way to work, and soon enough, I was listening to your podcast during work hours. It's okay. I work in an office and listening to music and whatnot is allowed. Uh, You bring new tropes and themes to every single chapter. There are sometimes topics that you came up during my readings as well when I didn't have. Oh, sorry. These are sometimes topics that came up during my readings as well when I didn't have anyone to talk to about them. Listening to to you both makes me feel like I'm part of the conversation. I believe we may be around the same age as well. I'm not a very conversational person and often get tired when I speak too much. So I really admire you both for pulling through every single time. I appreciate both of your performances. This is the first time I'm writing to you and I hope to write more in the future. Consider me a friend, your artistic Ravenclaw alumni, Annabelle M. from Bay Area, California. So fun. Thank you so much. That was really a lovely email. And I thank you for taking the time to write it. It really like anytime we get messages like that, it makes my week, especially like right now with everything that's going on. It's nice to know that people are still listening. Yeah. Excuse me. I was drinking beer while I was giving my thanks. I had to burp, but um, (laughs) thank you. Thank Uh, you. you. I'm I also wish I could relate to like 
being tired of talking because I I often feel like I could just talk forever but that's why we have a podcast (laughs) yeah it gets it all out I literally think that's why your sister said that we should have a podcast because she thought that we talked about Harry Potter too much and you needed a space in which to do that (laughs) fair fair. (laughs) perfectly valid um yeah so definitely you can count us as friends and please keep writing Thank you. (laughs) Anyone else, feel free to write in as well. We love it. We love it. We love it in any form, but you know what we love it the best in the form of? iTunes. Five-star review on iTunes because it helps other people find us and listen to us. And also, um, we're still holding out. I want this tattoo, guys. I can't get it for another couple of weeks because I signed up to donate blood, so. Well, I mean, we also don't need to be going into a tattoo parlor right now, so right. that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, just like a humble brag, I'm, I'm donating blood. Good for you. <laughs> I actually forgot until just now that I had signed up, like, weeks ago. Uh, my first note was chill out Ron like weird slash bad flex but okay (laughs) which flex are you you speaking about his times table what are you speaking about this is more about him like be like well um like Harry's telling Hermione about Draco and like he's very quickly like well you know it's just because he's showing off for Parkinson right right Yeah, don't know what don't know what that's all about. Yeah. I I was just like Hermione peeped that frisbee from a mile away. She was like, those aren't allowed. She's like mid-conversation. That was so extra of her. Like, don't be a filch. <laughs> like it wasn't hurting anyone. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, you know, I fully agree. This is not how I would be a prefect, but that's also, I guess, why I'm not one. Like, I would confiscate something, like, if they were, like, misusing it. Right. I guess it's, like, you're not allowed to have them. But it's kind of like a cell phone in the hallway. Like, if I were, like, a class monitor, I wouldn't, like, take away a cell phone at lunch. Right. Also, is she gonna, like, take away all of the Wizard Weasley products? Well, that's, I think that's what she is doing. Is the Fang, I assumed the Fang Frisbee was a Weasley product. Oh, I didn't think so. Just because Ron was like, I've always wanted one of these. Oh, I guess that's probably a Zonko's. But it it does sound like something they would make. Yeah. They probably have a better version. Yeah. Um, Although they have a lot of respect for Zonko's. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think they run him out of the town. (laughs) Slash Baltimore. A little bit of both, maybe. (laughs) You know who. Yikes. Um, Oh my god, sorry. I went to the wrong page. I was like about to do a note about Tonks. I was like, wait a second. Um, Okay, I would make the mention of Lavender being like laughing at her my at Ron's joke I was like oh no I am not ready for the laugh drama. I'm so ready because it it comes out of nowhere. It's so funny. It's- but I feel that. Like, that seems so relatable. Like, 
I just remember like over the summer, like you, like me and like my friend, one of my best friends from like high school, we would just like talk about these guys like over the summer. And then like, we would come up with this whole new thing, like, and go into the school. You're like, "Mm, got a crush on him, got a crush on him. (laughs) It's going to happen this year. But But the opposite happened too, where you're like, oh yes, they finally broke up with X, Y, and Z. Or it's like, I've been holding in this crush, but I think this is finally my year, which is like how Hermione is going into it. She's like, okay, I think this is finally like Ron and my year. And then out of nowhere, Lavender shows up to poo on her party. And, <laughs> and you're like, wow, 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 wow. And I feel like I'm not like blaming Lavender on that because I feel like that's oh, no. complicated. The three of them, it's like, what's the deal there? <laughs> Also, Lavender is a woman who knows what she wants, okay? I give no shame to Lavender. This is 100% Ron's fault. Like, what I gave her, no. She's a lot. But do I appreciate her? Yes. Yes, we do. We stand Lavender Brown. I don't know why it is that, like, people don't give, like, Lavender as hard as a time as hard of a time as they give Cho because I feel like there are less Ginny Harry stands than there are uh Ron Hermione stands but I feel like Lavender comes out of all of this like a champion <laughs> I think the Cho thing it has nothing to do with like people not shipping Harry or whatever it's just like they don't like Cho and like Marietta Hello. that's fair it's the Marietta of it all because a lot of people that, like, aren't book fans don't know that Cho isn't the one that, like, is the blabbermouth. I know. She's like, I don't know the sneak of it all. It does bother me that Cho stands by Marietta's side. I yeah. would not. But they are Ravenclaws. They're not Gryffindors, and they're not, you know. Yeah. Also, she's, like, kind of petty about them breaking up, too. She's very petty. So I get it. And Lavender's like crazy. Harry also didn't treat her right. <laughs> like on the other end of the coin, like I would be pissed at the way Harry treated her too. Like Remember when he was like, could you not cry about your ex-boyfriend that died? Oh, this child. Um, well, I just said Lavender's crazy, but I don't like to use the word crazy. Like Lavender's just so extra and I love it. And that's, I think she's just so over the top. So She's just more of a character. Like, yeah, character. I mean, she's she's so much fun. She's so much fun. Yeah, like the necklace. I mean, who could hate somebody that is so bold? Wan Wan. Wan Wan. Imagine being Ron's girlfriend and being like, you know what Ron will love? A necklace. Ron Weasley. Incredible. Well, I mean, they have no relationship. Incredible. Honestly, incredible. Can you imagine Ron having a conversation? with a woman that's not Hermione, like, that's more than a, like, noise. <laughs> yes, with Luna, which we have agreed was a great, oh, yeah. would have been an awesome choice. But that's all on Luna, like, yeah, but, like, I think, oh, I just, I really do ship that. I kind of want to read it. Like, I don't ship it more than I ship Ron and Hermione, but, like, I do, like, want to read a Ron Luna. Like a spring fling. yeah. Or, like, maybe it'll be a ship where I'm, like, chipping Hermione with a woman, and I'll just, like, have Ron Luna be a side pairing. Um, another ship, but not really. Neville. 
I just said, poor Neville. I'm glad that McGonagall gave him this like boost, but like long overdue. They're like, she's never complimented him before. <laughs> right. Right. Well, wait, before we get there. Yeah. Hermione, you can't possibly think. And then my note says, that's really sad, actually. Not. What is that in reference? I don't know. Explain (laughs) my note to me. What does that mean? You're saying that's before Neville? Yes. Oh, um, the Hagrid thing. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Now I know. Now I know what I was saying. Um, it is, uh, Hermione, you couldn't possibly think that he would make that, he would infer that. So rude. And oh also, and also, it's really sad that none of the sixth years want to take it. I mean, like, I think we share their sentiment where it's like, we're not surprised, but this sucks. It does suck. I would like to just say for all of our listeners out there, I am writing a fan fiction and Daphne Greengrass does take um, Care of Magical Creatures as a Newt student. It was before we reread this chapter. I just already had it in canon. Well, I feel like Luna will when she's there. Yeah, but but Daphne is in their year. So this year, the only Newt student in Care of Magical Creatures is Daphne Greengrass. Is she in their year? Yes. She's in their year. Astoria is two years younger than that. Um... I know, I know I have my button, but I've like forgotten the context of which she was mentioned by name. Do you remember? <laughs> like, I know they're like listing it's in, a, it's in a list. <laughs> I know. But like, that's what I was like, was she in like a class with them? Is that why? I, I think. Like, I guess like, how do how does the fan fiction world know or did they just decide that she was in their year? I think JK Rowling said it when she was doing the Astoria stuff. I think she was like Astoria two years younger than them in with Daphne Greengrass's younger sister. So if you're going to say two years younger than her sister and two years younger than Draco, then you know that she's in their year. Um, now I have to look up Daphne's. I know. Wiki. I thought she was going to come up in this chapter again, and I was about to freak out. I'm so glad, though, she showed up not now. It would be so sad if she showed up and we wouldn't be able to see each other in person. Yeah, that would be um, devastating. Oh, she's taking the owls with them. Yes. So, yes, she is in their year. They're, like, calling the people to take, yeah, you're right, um, to take the thing. Whew. I was like, I should, I'm going to be in trouble for not remembering her context, but I just forgot. (laughs) I don't remember. I clearly didn't remember it either, which is more embarrassing for me, I think. She's so forgettable. (laughs) My comments say otherwise. People love my characterization of Daphne Greengrass and Astoria Greengrass. 
Me too. Astoria is my favorite like character that's not a real character in this fan fiction. Having a lot of fun with her. She's very dumb. God bless her. I, I, she's also like sickly. That's like a major plot point about. Her. Oh, she's not in this one because it's a dreary. So I'm not shipping them in this. Gotcha. If anyone where I'm giving her like an actual like relationship with Draco, she can't be like dumb. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of surprised that you said that, but. No, it's because they're like a, a beard relationship. So that was Hermione. Yes. Now I'm to. Um, Nev. To, to Nev and McGonagall. I love the speech she gives to Neville. And I love that she calls out Bran for being a little poo. Because we all know. Like, and then. The best part, honestly, um, I'll let her know that just because she failed charms doesn't mean that it's not a valid subject. Yeah, that doesn't make it soft. What a read, McGonagall. Honestly. Would definitely be the best class. Like, why wouldn't you want to take charms forever? Read charms for filth, McGonagall. I mean, read grand. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I imagine Snape's little discussions with his students are terrible. Like for this, like, say you had a student that wasn't very good and Snape was just like, Crab, you're dreadful. You shouldn't be able to, if it were up to me, you would have failed three years ago, but I guess you are permitted to take, um, care of magical creatures maybe crabs in there too because Hagrid doesn't have like a grade limit on what yeah I feel like maybe some of the Hufflepuffs would take it maybe because we don't we only see the Gryffindors and Slytherins take it yeah maybe like Susan Bones Harry's one true love Please stop. There's a lot of Harry Susan fan. I know. I don't know why. That's so weird. That I feel like that's so random. Why is there so much? I guess because it's like the antithesis of like every other romance. I guess. Like, it is the antithesis of shipping him with Draco. No, no. Yeah, because they're complete opposites. Like, she's, like, the sweet, like, nice girl next door, and he's the surly, like, (laughs) bad guy. What did I, what was I reading that ships, like, Harry and a character like Susan? I wonder if it is Susan. I bet it is. no well maybe it is because it's like this it's this uh ship it's this fan fiction called eros and psyche which friend of the podcast seraphina and i were obsessed with in college because it's the most ridiculous like fan fiction that we've ever read and it's fantastic it's a dramione it's a dramione but like every ship in it has its own chapter so it's like one chapter of like 10 is like a dramione 
And the other one was like a Jenny Blaze and it was Ron Pansy. And oh, then, I remember you guys reading this and I was like, these are wild. They're crazy. And then there's like a... I think it was Susan Bones. There's a theater. Yeah, it might be. Because it's Harry with someone who is like really sweet and innocent. And it's like Theodore Knott and a story of green grass, I think. Oh, no, it's Trace. Oh, I think it's Harry Tracy Davies. Who? Like it's Roger a- Davies? No, Tracy Davies is a Slytherin student. A made-up one. No, no, this is like, are we doing another Daphne thing? This is another one. Can we do it retroactively? Because Roger Davies is the Ravenclaw Quidditch captain who dates Fleur in the fourth form. I know who Roger Davies is. Tracy Davies is a different character. I just would be surprised if like they had two characters with the last name of Davies. I'm looking at her wiki right now. <laughs> is she in a book? <laughs> she is in Harry Potter. Uh, oh, okay. I'm willing to go again. <laughs> Or is it Davis? Oh, it is Davis. It is Davis, not Davies. Why are there so many pictures of Tracy Davis? Because of fan fiction. Well, there's one picture. Oh, that's Pansy. I was like, I recognize her. Okay, I don't think she is in the books. I think she's only in Pottermore. And like Wizarding World. Yet there's a whole plot about her and Daphne fighting giants. Yeah, she's in like a. Wow. Dark. (laughs) Lily Moon? What? Who is Lily Moon? She's the other person who lives in the dormitory with Pansy. Oh, she is not in fan fiction. She has. I want to be clear. I've never heard of Lily Moon ever. She has a wiki. Lily Moon sucks. Um, I'm looking up Eris and Psyche really quick just so I can know. I like how that they give like a skin color and like hair color and eye color to characters that aren't even depicted or mentioned in the books let me tell you it's harry tracy (laughs) the ship is harry tracy she is not real and it would have been better to do susan i thought it was susan i feel like her personality is exactly like susan's like when you were talking about how they're the opposite i was like that sounds exactly like this characterization in a fan fiction I read once and it was this fan fiction what are her Slytherin traits so she I she like um asks to be in Slytherin she's not she's meant to be in Hufflepuff that's the whole thing is that like something happens with the sort that's how like one of the things I think her and Harry bond over is that she lied to get into um she talked the sorting hat into getting her into Slytherin and Harry talks the sorting hat into getting him into Gryffindor so I think it's something like with her family I think they're trying to say she comes from a family of Slytherin 
Okay. Um, I don't remember. I haven't read it since high school. That's college, but anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's not Pansy Ron. It's, oh no, it is Ron Pansy. It's Seamus Lavender, just so we're clear. That's, That's what Serafina quotes all the time. Me last, me angel. <laughs> That's what <laughs> Seamus yes. calls. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't oh realize it was that one. I knew it was like Seamus, I think. This is a blast from the past. What a time. And if you're listening, I hope you're enjoying this. What a blessing. Lavender and Seamus is actually a pretty good ship. It's not anywhere near as good of a ship as like Dean Seamus, but... Is anything? No, <laughs> not even dreary. Unless Tom Felton and Daniel Radcliffe did something on that level, they'll never be. Tom Felton does speak openly about how he ships dreary, and so does like Dan Rad. So they like do also play it up, but like but if- not not. Not to the level of Dean and Seamus. They haven't done, like, a proposal. Also, it's on... better with Dean and Seamus because they're, like, small characters. Right. And because, like, it was, they did it for, like, Ireland's, uh, like, it just can't be, it can't be beat. Well, and I feel like everyone low-key was, like, already shipping them. Just, well, like. yeah, they were, ar- well, they did it because they kept up with fandom. Like, they right. knew they were a huge ship. In yeah, terms of I, I mean, I feel like not even, like, fan fiction people, people just associate them together. Right. Um, excellent. Excellent little tangent. Um, okay, um, I will just say, I, sorry, I just want to, I forgot, I should give me arrows and sorry. Are you looking at the author's name? Yeah. Um, Eros and Psyche, if you guys are at all interested, I will tell you, it is very steamy. <laughs> it is a hilarious fan fiction full of crazy twists and turns that is pretty much smut. Um, it is uh, by RZZMG. It's called Eros and Psyche. If you just look up Eros and Psyche Harry Potter fan fiction, it'll be the first thing that comes up. It's very famous. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to give some credit to that author. Definitely. Um, Ron's obsession with free periods are hilarious. Now I feel that. I was like that my senior year. Like same, but <laughs> he's like, he's like, I get one right now. And then oh, after the break, and then... <laughs> at the end of the day and her mind he's like you'll need that time to study and he's like yeah but we don't have any homework right now so right now it's literal party time and I feel that I feel that Rod when it's like earlier in the semester and nothing to worry about in the world there's no Voldemort (laughs) you know when you're at the beginning of the book and like Voldemort hasn't shown up yet we're chilling. Me and Honestly, this is where I start to really like get Ron. Do you know what I mean? Like it's in because like in the earlier books, I'm definitely more of like, oh, I'm definitely a hairy girl. Like, you know, if I were gonna fall for anyone, I'd fall for a hairy. I was a Ron gal. Right. We all are like one or the other, I feel. 
Yeah. If you're attracted to men. But, um, because if we're honest, I'm a Fred and George girl. But if we're picking between the two. But in this, like, I get it. Like, Ron's just, like, funny. He's cute. He has, like, a heart. He's ready to listen to you. Also, this is the first time where he's the oldest Weasley at the school. And I think that really helps him. Agreed. Agreed. Um, But... I, and, it, and a lot of it for me is like Rupert Grant because I just remember seeing that second movie and just being like so in love with him. Well, Rupert is different. Right, but I mean that helped, like not helped, but like that kind of framed Ron for me for like the whole series. Yeah, I I think I talked about this once before on the podcast, but when I watched Rupert Grant in that like fandom documentary they did on freeform right he was so cute like I was like oh Rupert is like a cool guy like and that was the first time I had ever had like a little crush on Rupert because I'd never been that kind of girl in the Harry Potter fandom but he was like yeah like uh we met like a few drag queens and we were like yeah let's go have a drink and I was like Yes, Rupert Grant. That's what I love to see. I love it. I just love, he was like, I'm just kind of like a yes man. Like sometimes to like a negative extent, like I have to remember that it's like sometimes not safe for me to just do things, but it's like you only live once. Just like go and have a couple drinks with a few drag queens, stay out 24 hours, like hang out with fans. Ed Sheeran's music video. (laughs) Right, like he's just... I love it. But I mean, it was really like the, you know, follow the butterflies, like all of that. He's also just such a good actor. Like I have like an actor crush on Rupert sometimes. Like even as a kid, he's very good. Yeah. Um, And he like, I just watched their like little interviews, like when they were younger. And I always just liked Rupert the best. Um, Yeah. And I mean, Emma Watson too. Like, yeah, I was obsessed with Emma in those interviews. Like, yeah, if we're just comparing the two boys, yeah, I was more of a Ron and Rupert person. I and I think it was also the red hair. Oh yeah, I feel like now I can admit that I'm really like into the ginger thing. Very cute. Yeah. Um, Dommel Gleason, ten out of ten, any day of the week. <laughs> I was just going to say, <clears throat> shouldn't it say, like, when they apply to do these classes that, like, he doesn't need an O anymore in potions? And if it doesn't, like, rude that McGonagall would, like, expect him to just know that. Right. That's my point. I just feel like Hogwarts in general is very unorganized. Like, they don't tell teachers what their class is going to be until, like, where they- he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, Hagrid, poor thing, like, prepared a newt level class, but might not have newt level students, you know? Oh, he, yeah, he did say I have a lesson prepared. Yeah, like. <laughs> Let's pretend that there's a couple of Hufflepuffs. Maybe and Daphne. I guess. Um, and Lily Moon taking <laughs> taking it lily moon what a stupid name it's also why would you name a character lily like there's plenty of names 
Why would you reuse a name like that? Lily Moon sounds like a rejected Sailor Scout. Or like, um, we we practice this out for Luna, but it's not going to work. So um, we'll just recycle it. Queenie Parkinson. That's That's their last name? No, Queenie was originally going to be either Pansy's or Daphne's name. I think it was supposed to be Queenie Parkinson, but then J.K. Rowling changed it and then used Queenie. She recycled the name for... That would, like, make sense, I guess, but... Yeah. Pansy. I feel like you you name her Queenie if she's going to have a redemption arc. Pansy, no redemption arc. Like, you know who she is when you name her Pansy. Um, um, I said Ron is the teacher that smokes the uh, confiscated pot. Yeah, because he's like using the frisbee that Hermione takes away. There's this. There's a plot about that in New Girl. One of her bosses. They're like going to a bachelor party. She's like, "Let me see what drugs I've confiscated." <laughs> I need to like rewatch New Girl because I never finished it. Such a fun rewatch. Okay. I met Snape. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I well, I had one note before that. I had about Katie Bell. <laughs> Katie, the Quidditch team has never had to retry out before. Harry has never retried out for the Quidditch. I thought about this too. I think she just says that because of Ron. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't, th- I just thought it was, like, contrived, but. No, I think she just says that because she's, like, you know, and, like, people that are friends. Because my next note was, like, she's a real class act, which I don't take back, but because she's, like, super cool about him being captain, even though she's. She's older. older. Um, which I'm mixed on, but whatever. <laughs> I mean. Maybe she didn't want to be captain. Um, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Look. I don't know what to say, okay? It, like, Harry's not going to be there next year. That's why. It's because in the books, Harry deserves it. He's not going to be there next year. I'm happy also, for him. He's, like, very good at Quidditch. I do think that he kind of, in a way, does earn it. Like, he's a very good leader, and he's good at Quidditch. We've never seen Katie Bell, like, in action. Right. I just, I think that, like, what, I'm sure she would be a great captain. I don't, he's, he is a good leader, but he's not, like, I guess, like, organized. So I wouldn't, like, peg him as, like, a great captain. Like, you know how Oliver Wood was, like, all about, like, you know, his stuff and, like, he did a lot of, like, prep? Like, Harry doesn't do any prep to well, Harry Harry did prep for, like, DA meetings. Yeah, he did. So I think he, like, would prep for this. Yeah, I guess we just don't really see it that much. We don't see it because it's boring. Like, we don't want to just see him in his room. I mean, I would, I would watch that. 
but um okay. why did you say that like it was like a fantasy like I, I, meant, like, I would watch that scene <laughs> um the other thing is like Katie is out of commish for most of the season because of the necklace so it like all works out I think it all works out in the end I mean she almost dies but it all works out in the end <laughs> I do love Katie Bell <laughs> she's also featured in my great I but I also think that she wasn't like harboring resentment to Harry like I thought right. like I think she takes it on board yeah she's like I thought it would be you like right I, I just was noting it basically yeah and also um I feel like Jenny takes over in seventh year so I wow. do you think they're playing Quidditch in their seventh year no oh, sorry I meant the redo oh Oh, well I do think well she does take over when Harry's in detention for the rest of the year well that's what I mean so I do think she probably takes over like in her seventh year no well yeah I just meant in this book we see it yes um now Jenny is a good captain I can see her being yeah she's really whipping them into shape yes 100%. 100 P. Mm. Um, I met Snape too, and I had a, this is the note I was like proud. <laughs> it's also like very, <laughs> it's very anti JK Rowling, which I think we need it. <laughs> Fitting. I want to hear it. Let's go. I love every anti JK Rowling. I know what we can get right now. I think that this, I'll I'll tell you the line in a second, but I think there's a a line in here that um, really outs her as a member of Hydra. (laughs) Oh my God. If you don't know Hydra, it is a Nazi subsect um, in the Avengers series. That Molly is rewatching the Avengers movies right now, so yes. she's got them on the brain. Okay, but Hail, uh, my note says Hail Hydra because their little saying is you cut off one head, two more appear. And Snape is taught, maybe Snape is really the Hydra member, but the note says uh, fighting them is like fighting a mini headed monster which each time a neck is severed, breath ahead even fiercer and cleverer than before. You cut off one head, two more appear. Hydra. is talking about how to defeat Hydra, so he's, like, more giving, like, Hydra slash Death Eater intel. Yeah. Um, but yes, cut off one head. I just read that, and I was like, oh my god. Hydra. Um, but yeah, so I met Snape, so I feel like this is the most dramatic we've maybe ever seen Snape. Like he is putting on a full performance. He's set the scene. He's been waiting for this the entire time he's taught at Hogwarts. This is his moment. He's had these his tape is billowing for years. He dusted them off. Yeah, his pictures. Who just has those? His cape is all a billow. I think 
I think we've said this already about potions and with defense against the dark arts. He's so knowledgeable. He's just such a bad teacher. So bad. Such a bad teacher. But like so he knows so much about the subject and like has the potential. He just sucks. (laughs) Correct. And I think it's like really nice. I feel, especially in regard to Hermione, that we get a like him juxtaposed to Slughorn, who is like knowledgeable and a great teacher. Like Slughorn is good at his job. Yeah. He comes up with fun lesson plans. He picks favorites, but he doesn't like show it in the classroom. Like if Ron had brewed the best potion, he would have given like- well, he's looking for potential. So he wants to see it in the Right. Season. Yeah. And he encourages, I, I, we'll talk about that when we get yeah, there. I, I do think Slughorn is like a very good teacher. Yeah. Um, and well, I think it's also like an interesting juxtaposition. So we know that Snape doesn't like people reading verbatim from a textbook because he made his own notes in his own textbook about like things that could be done better. So I think that's a little bit of like why he resents Hermione. It's like, you just are, you have no um, self, like um, like your own thought. You can't think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. But I just want to say that it's not some like, crazy novel thing what she says about nonverbal spells I really think everyone else in that new class is an idiot like I also think that she does have a lot of critical thinking I think that just the way he perceives her is like you just do what like what else were you supposed to say about nonverbal spells like I am not a wizard and I know that a nonverbal spell would be more helpful because you're not saying it out loud. Why is everyone in that new class so dumb? They're like, what? Nonverbal? <laughs> what does that mean? But I, I think that it's just a little, that was like the first time I thought about it in that sense, just because we get the, like you're saying. No, that's a really, really good point. But oh. it's just being mean to Hermione at the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, speaking of which, my next note is, good job, Hermione, since, uh, for, like, actually being able to do the nonverbal spell, I said, since you didn't get it from your teacher, I'm gonna tell you that was impressive, that you got it in one class, good job. Luckily, Slughorn appreciates her. Right, exactly. Also, um, as Harry Potter said, um, Snape is giving himself away using the Dark Lord is such a red flag. Only people that support him and revere him as a Lord call him the Dark Lord. Everyone else says he must not be named. Which I think Harry is the only one knowledgeable enough to know that, but still, like, you're you're a better spy than that, Snape. But also, I feel, I think probably purebloods probably use Dark Lord. So it's like an an acceptable thing. But I do feel like in society, that's the way, like, you would know. Like, I feel like using Dark Lord is like a microaggression. Yeah. (laughs) In the wizarding world. It's like, oh, you know what it is exactly like? It's like represent, like, carrying or representing the Confederate flag. Like the, um, don't tread on me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we know what that means. All right. 
Now to my favorite part of the chapter. Are you there? I had one more note about Snape. Go ahead. Um, I, oh yeah, and then that part. Um, there, I like when they, he's like, again, not a great teacher. They're doing like the nonverbal spells and like he doesn't give any instruction or guidance. But I also was wondering, is that just like how you have to do it? Like there isn't really a lot of instruction you can give. Is it like apparating where it's like, you just think about it? Uh, yeah, I do think it's a mental thing, but like, I also think he could probably give a little more guidance than he's giving. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Iconic. Ladies and gents, friends of the pod, are we ready? Do you remember me telling you we are practicing nonverbal spells, Potter? Yes, said Harry stiffly. Yes, sir. There's no need to call me sir, Professor. There's no need to call me sir, Professor. So iconic, I was convinced it was in the last book. I, I convinced myself it was only a movie quote. <laughs> I don't think it's in the movie at all. See, I, well, maybe, fuck, we've, we just watched the fifth one. I've already forgotten. I thought for some reason he said it in the movie in the fifth one when they're doing the occlumency, but. No. Okay. He doesn't. I don't think he says it in the movie. Like, if we watch, he definitely doesn't say it in the sixth one. If he says it in the, uh, I'm sorry, he definitely doesn't say it in the fifth one. If he says it in the sixth one while we're watching it, I'm, I'll be happy to pr be proved wrong. We have to finish our drink. But in my head, it's, like, I don't ever see Daniel Radcliffe saying it. I only see what my image of book Harry is saying it, which right. is, for any quote that doubles, it's always the movie that, like, stays in my memory. But because it's such a um, a book iconic quote, right. there's no need to call me sir, professor. Ah! <laughs> Imagine saying that in front of everyone else in your class. I would only, I was kind of a precocious child, if you can believe that. I would say that to, like, a teacher I had a good relationship to. I, like, I just can't even... I'm sorry I've just been screaming this whole section, but... It's a scream-worthy moment. It's it's incredible. Because it, he also... It's, like, so subtle. It's, it's, it's just so... It's so... I could cry. I could honestly because of the brilliance of this it just come it spews from his mouth naturally he didn't even try to be this brilliant I know and it like it that's a shower is. thought that is a shower thought that came out like people have spent hours in the shower thinking about a line that brilliant Draco Boy has spent hours trying to come up with something that clever and he never has managed it um it's also like on that like it's very deserved because that is so fucked up of Snape to try and like use this opportunity to jinx a child he doesn't like right can we just like take a beat to like think about how sadistic Snape is with Harry 
Yeah. And Harry was like, I'm not having it. First of all, the poor boy has PTSD from occupancy lessons. So he immediately was like, Protego. Like his his startle response. Hey, didn't in. think about it. Didn't think about it, which is so sad. With any other teacher, he would have never done that. Even when he had a Death Eater as a teacher book four. <laughs> he yeah. didn't. Um. Actually, I think he did do a smell against uh, Moody once on accident during the Imperius. On accident, but I like it. What he wasn't trying, like he. Like it was a reflex. Like, no, I mean in a good way. Like I think Harry just has these reflexes. He has great reflexes. Like somebody's trying to attack him, he's not going to let it happen. Expelli Armin. <laughs> There's so no. <laughs> There's no need to call me Sir Professor. I wish I had incorporated it into like my haiku or um, title, but I just didn't know how. I just feel like, oh my God, and iconic. Like when you look at this page of notes, oh, you can't see it because of the light glare. I can imagine. But it's the only thing you see. Like your eyes go immediately to it. <laughs> it's all caps. Honestly, 100 points just to the, <laughs> there's no need to call me server. Also, he just got a detention. So worth it. So worth it. The, mo the most worthwhile detention you've ever gotten. Hermione, I don't want to hear a word of you shouldn't have said it. Um, yeah, I have a couple of not a fan of Hermione notes in this book, in this chapter. Yeah. Like her, Same. I thought that her comparing Harry to Snape was a little off base, like saying that Snape's monologue was similar to Harry's. I think it's weird. And part, the, the one part that she said, I was like, okay, fair. Like you have to be like ready for anything, but the tone and everything of Snape's was so vastly different than Harry's. Yeah. I do think it's interesting though. I'm glad that Harry takes it as a compliment that he like, that she, because I do mark this. It's sweet that Harry like takes it as a like, oh, Hermione revered his words the same as she would a professor's because I think that is, I think that is important. And I do think Harry can see it from Hermione's perspective where she is someone who does listen. And I think like we were talking about earlier, I don't know if it stayed in the podcast, but we were talking a lot about um, education and being well-informed. And I think Hermione is someone who studies like every side of an issue and comes up with how she feels about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think it was big of Harry to recognize that because if I was in that position, I don't think I would have recognized that. I would have been like, um, I'm not that bigot, please move. I would have been really defensive. Right, but I think Harry can see that what she's saying is that like Harry's advice was worth value. You probably won't be able to read this either. My note. Oh, yeah, maybe you can. This was my next note. Hi, Ernie. <laughs> She's drawn a hand, like a waving hand. That was for you, Alex. I just know how much you love Ernie and 
I was just like, hey, how's it going, bud? How's it going, Ern? That that old Proteo charm is old hat to us DA folks. Before we get to Ern, Ern McMillan, um, do you think that Daphne is one of the Slytherin students in the potions class? No. <laughs> okay, but like if we're really thinking about it, she must be. Like, who else would it be? Theo? Blaze? No, it, could be Bla- it could be Blaze. Oh, no, they say Blaze. Right, so it's Blaze and Draco confirmed. Pansy's in the movie version. So that's one more spot. Is I it- would have said Pansy, though. Right, like, I don't think she's book canon. So we got a couple spots left. Yeah, I mean, maybe Theodore not. I don't Theodore know. Theodore not. And Daph. Daphne Green. Lily Moon. <laughs> Shut up about Lily. Look, if you can make up characters, so can I. <laughs> Daphne is in the books. Lily Moon does not have a mention. Um... Um, I like that Ernie's the only Hufflepuff. Why are Hufflepuffs statistically so bad at potions? Yike. Because they don't, they probably don't learn well with Snape, as I don't know how anyone does, unless you're a Slytherin. It's so funny because your note was high, Ernie, and my note on Ernie says, Ernie, please stop. Um, can you imagine if Snape was teaching and Harry was like, oh, I don't have my book because I didn't think I would be able to take the class. Even if McGonagall had forewarned Snape, can you just imagine how awful he would be? I hate him so much for how awful he is. I agree. I had this thought too. I was like, imagine how many students could have done something with potions or done something that they aren't allowed to because one, Snape is such a like terrible, toxic teacher or two, because he only allowed the, honestly, the elite of the class to take his newt levels. Like, I think the top two scores should be able to be in any newt class. Yeah, that's what McGonagall does. And that's how it is for Defense Against the Dark Guards. Yeah, it's fair. Even with him teaching it, which, I mean, we talked about this a little bit and like that potions is probably one of the most challenging classes, maybe with arithmancy. Like you kind of really have to know it, but... You kind of really have to know it. But I think potions is, like, very specific. Like, some of it, you have to know the theory and how it works. Like, if you... But, like, Hermione follows the textbook to a T. Like, I would find that a much more settling class. Because it's like, okay, if you can put in the... If you can measure, if you can put in the right amount of everything, and you follow the instructions, then you're going to get the result that you want 
85% of the time. Right. Yeah. Until they get into the newt level stuff. But they're kind of saying like, if you can't follow directions for an OWL course, like then you're not going to be able to follow the directions for an NEWT course. Right. So I think it's, but I I agree like an E or an O. An E or an O. Like Hermione, I do think it's really telling in this when Hermione is like, no, the textbook says this about potions because it reaffirms what I believe about potions up until Newt level when they really do like when Harry gets caught because it's not something the Half-Blood Prince can just like tell him when it's a theory-based thing. But I do think if you had followed, it's like cooking a lot. If you know the basic, like you can follow recipes for a lot of the time, but you start to know the chemistry of cooking the more you do it. So like if it's over liquidy, put it on the like, leave it on the burner longer. If you're doing like a cheese, like add more flour or whatever you need to do. Like, you start to know what's going to fix it if you've made a mistake. And therefore, you know the, like, chemistry of everything, the science of everything that goes into cooking. And I think potions is a similar way. Like, if you had studied and learned, like, and followed the instructions for all of the six years, five years prior, then you start to learn it. And for newt level, you'll be able to pick it up. Yeah, that kind of makes me think about, I want to like maybe take a moment to talk about Hermione. So in this context, she's like pigeonholed into this person that only will read the textbook and like that's how she will do the potions. But she's also really good at this other part of potions where you don't, you can't just read the textbook. Like you have to really know your stuff and she like excels at that. So I'm kind of, I feel like it's a bit of a contradiction that she is good at that and is refusing to like go beyond the textbook in this moment. I do think, I know I've been arguing a lot for she won't go beyond the textbook in this moment, but I do think it has a lot to do with where the information is coming from. So like Harry, who has never excelled at potions, is like, nah, just stir it counterclockwise. She's like, no, the textbook says this. Whereas I feel like if, Slughorn had said, I know the textbook says this, but an alternate version would be to stir counterclockwise. I don't think she would like question Slughorn. I think he would take that on board. But I think, but I still think that's like, she always wants to follow like an authority on it, whether it's the textbook or the professor. And like that other, that other thing we're talking about, which I don't think as the reader, we even really understand it, but like basically deconstructing the potion. I think it's like that idea of like, you get a potion and you can figure out what ingredients went into it. Like, I think that's what it is. Like, Um, well, I don't want to say it's like the BA test kitchen because speaking of the world being, uh, changing every day, uh, Uh, cooking, if you, you know, get a, a food and you have to figure out what's in it, let's just say in general. Um, maybe not that specific show, but um, that I think that that takes a lot of like out out of the box thinking, and I think we've been told over and over again that Hermione is not necessarily an out of the box thinker. Like she she wants to be confined to like the rules she's given, but I think that's constantly contradicted in the books because there are to- there are a lot of times where she's like really critical and like when she's like quote unquote out in the field like in the seventh one like she's using all of this knowledge without a textbook but- i think 
honestly, I don't think it's a contradiction in terms of writing. I think it's a contradiction in terms of a safety blanket for Hermione. So I think Hermione is comfortable when she has like facts to back her up. But there is that Gryffindor part of Hermione that I think is not what's like her safety blanket. That is, she can be a really good critical thinker and an impulsive, um, and an impulsive spellcaster. And I think there is a part of her that's proud of that, but I don't think it's where she's comfortable. I think she can sit really comfortably when she has evidence and facts to back her up. And that probably comes from being really different when she was younger and being bullied and having like at least the knowledge that she is definitively right. Like this book, you know, I'm talking about like three Hogwarts where she's yeah. like this witch that has no friends in I'm, the muggle world. But I'm also wondering if like this is a bad example because like Snape is probably like a prodigy when it comes to potions in particular. And, and is able to, like, rewrite the directions. And I'm just wondering, like, is, like, maybe Hermione's not going to be, like, the best potions maker because she can't do that. But is Snape, like, one of the few people that can do that? Or can other NEWT students, like, kind of figure that out? Like, I, I think I think in this book in particular, we're definitely supposed to think that Snape is an above average, like he is, and for me, it's like, I think of it as someone who is like really good in like coding or STEM. Like my brain is never going to do that. Like where you can like create it. Like I don't see Hermione creating a potion. Right. No. Like, Snape is, he understands it. It comes naturally to him in a way that I would say is above average for most people. Well, I would would say Hermione is above average. And then I would put him in, like, almost the, I would put him in, like, the prodigy level. Like, because I don't think most wizards can, like, create their own spells and stuff. Right, but I don't think, I think they're different at different things. Like, I would put probably, like, Hermione, when she is Snape's age, like, Hermione can do things Snape will never be able to do. She has, like, an emotional intelligence that, and a way of speaking to people that will never trump Snape. Like, she is someone who, and this is, I think, back to, like, our argument about why or why not she wouldn't want to be minister, but I do think irregardless of she if she has that higher position she's someone who can like enact actual change like she is a motivational intelligent person where I don't think Snape could he doesn't have that skill level clearly (laughs) um so I think there are different levels of intelligence yeah I don't think she's the like creative mind to like invent a new spell or invent a new um potions uh potion but I do think she has skills like you know different types of intelligence yeah I think maybe and this is kind of the way I'm thinking about it right now is that she she's like above average like intelligence wise all that stuff but I guess I'm putting Snape in a different category in terms of like almost like genius like in the same way that I would I would put him and Dumbledore and Voldemort like and like probably Galette, Gr- that guy. Grindelwald. 
in the thing. That's like Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Is it a V? Grindelwald? Grindelwald? <laughs> no, just say Grindelwald. Him in the same category as like, they're, they are creating things. And I think that is like a part of genius is like being able to like take something beyond what you're being told. And like, I think that her, and obviously I love Hermione, but like, I think she and like McGonagall are on the same level as like where they are at the top of their field, but they're not pushing their field beyond it. Yeah. Um, and like, that's kind of like a, a wonder kid, a wonder kid kind of like, yeah. I, I know, I know what you mean. I, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think, and I don't think that diminishes what Hermione's capable of, but I think that, either, but I also think we haven't like, like this isn't full potential Hermione. Right. I, I would love to see her out of school without that. That's what I'm saying. Like I would, because like you said, in the seventh one, I think we really see her start to grow and start to expand out of that safety net. So I think by like adult Hermione, we might, if we had like seen her in canon, she might be like on the level, like I can see her growing to be a witch on the level of Dumbledore. Like I, I, I still don't think that's her, like, trajectory. Because Dumbledore was showing this, like, at a young age. Snape was showing this at a young age. Voldemort was showing it at a young age. Where, like, no one is questioning her brilliance, but it's, like, different. But she's, like, better than them as people. Is as what I'm, is what I'm saying. But I think that limits, I think that limits her ability to be, like, as wonder kid as they were at a young age because they're all concerned with like being the best and they're not concerned with their like social footprint in the way that Hermione is like I think yeah I think obviously Dumbledore leaves a pretty massive like good footprint but I think Hermione has the capability to have both whereas I think that's two different sides of intelligence that she can really excel at and therefore like overcome them in terms of like what her mark is on the wizarding world yeah I think maybe what you're saying and this is the part I agree with um is that no matter how they got there like they're still making like an equal impact yes that is what I'm saying but I do think that they're very different in their skill level which I think we're we're agreeing Yes, we're arguing, but we're agreeing. <laughs> I also, like, to talk about her as minister. This is part of why I feel like her being minister is, like, settling. And, like, I don't think she would do that because I think she can, she has, like, the capacity of so much more than minister. Kind of, like, how I, this might be controversial. Uh-oh. Bill Gates has multiple times said like he would never run for office because he has so much more impact outside of politics. Like he can enact more change outside of politics than he can if he was a politician. And I feel like in some sense, like Hermione can, can enact so much more change, like being like a, a champion or an adversary to like the status quo, which is why I feel like it's like a settling that she becomes minister. I, I guess, and maybe it's because I am like, an optimist <laughs> at my core um 
but I would love to see someone like Hermione as my president. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would love for someone who is advocating for the people and advocating for the citizens and be a leader in that way. But someone who is like smart enough to know how to like work the room politically. I think she has all of those capabilities and for her to get into that position of power would mean immense change for the wizarding world. I think that is where I'm more cynical because I think and more looking at like American politics, like the best intention people like are always like kind of um, burdened by like the politics of it all and like the red tape of it all. And like, no matter how good intention, like, that's why in some ways, like, I feel like, again, political, but like Bernie Sanders is so much better, uh, somebody that's like in the campaign, like forcing people like to the left. Yeah. Than actually being in that position. Like he has so much more power pushing people to the left. And if he was in that position, he would be stopped at every turn, you know? I, I mean, I really, I, I agree. And I don't mean to like bring this back to like a sad time, but it was really incredible to watch um, because Bernie had such far left views. Hillary did have to rethink her platform and include a lot more um, left-leaning views in her final like presidential platform that she chose and it was really great that she had like an, a, an opponent that like pushed her to do that because it made me love her way more as a candidate and I was like in, in a place where I was like heartbroken that she lost more, like, not just because she was against Trump, but because I thought that she was a leader that I could actually root for. She, like, grew. And I think right. that Bernie did that again with Biden in some ways. Like, I think that that's... Yes, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that's what makes him so powerful is that because he's on the outside, quote-unquote, he can cause... He can he has a bigger impact. And, and that's what the argument, whether you agree with Bill Gates or not... Bill Gates has a much bigger impact being outside of politics than he would if he was a politician. Yes, but I do think if we were in a world like, ugh, like, unfortunately, J.K. Rowling is writing in Cursed Child, <laughs> in, in which world, <laughs> in, in the wizarding world where Hermione is elected, I do think that world is better because they put her in that position. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, think, I think that argument really is a very, like, American politics way where it's, like, the whole, like, checks and balances system of the Democratic versus Republican Party. But I feel like with the Wizarding World and with the Minister of Magic, they're pretty, pretty much are unchecked. Like, uh, like, I would rather have Hermione in that position who is, like, trying to make change and... I agree, and I hate that I'm going to use this as an argument against you, <laughs> but thinking about her position in Cursed Child, <laughs> um, which, take it or take it or leave it, well, I'm just going to use Cursed Child to benefit my argument here, um, that I think 
the Hermione we see in that, like when she's actually ministered, not like the weird version of Hermione is like, you're not really seeing like this greater version of Hermione. You're seeing like the politician, like worried about paperwork and like shit like that. Like, yeah, he's like part of the system, like with the whole, um, time turner, like she is part of the system at that point, which I don't yeah. think that's the real Hermione, but I just, yeah, that's not the, even though I, t- I like the, the canon that she becomes minister I do disagree with the characterization of Hermione and Cursed Child yeah but I do think that's an example of like but I do think you're right that is an example of like in in the reality that we've seen where she is in that position she does conform to a more political version so maybe it is unrealistic that the Hermione we know and love could be minister who knows oh and it's it has to be she says a line about wanting to do so much more than being minister or being in government, at least. She might not specifically say minister. And I hold on to that line so hard. But like, I do think she's made for government. So I do think that's like a young thing to say because Bernie Sanders is still a politician. He's still in government. Like Bill Gates is still like, in government you know I just want to be on the record that I'm not like mad that she's minister I don't think she's a bad minister I just think it's like settling for Hermione that's that's kind of where I'm coming from like I think it's a great for the wizarding world I think for Hermione herself she saw herself doing a different path at least when she was in school maybe that was idealistic but you know what I think I think she could be a great Obama (laughs) So, like, she's I think probably she, the first muggle-born minister. Right, like, I think she could be, like, a great Obama, where she, like, is in the ministry. She does it for, like, eight years, but that's not the end of her footprint, right? Like, she can grow from there. Like, somebody else takes the position after her, and then, and then she gets to continue to be a force advocating for things that she could have never done when she was minister, but she has a bigger platform because she was. She's how, like Obama now when he speaks, he can speak about whatever he wants and not have to worry about any political backlash because he's made it to the top of his political journey, but he can still be an advocate and he can still make a huge impact politically. Yeah, I like this version. I feel like it's a good compromise we just got to. (laughs) (laughs) Or you got to, I should give you all the No, I think, I know, I think I... I think you explaining the Bill Gates thing and her hitting a limit because I think before my argument would have been that like, no, she should stay minister forever. But I do think I see your point now where it's like her voice can go beyond having to like go through the red tape of politics. And I think this is the best version we've ever come out with on this conversation. Because like Kingsley being prime minister, I think makes a lot of sense because he's like already inundated in the ministry life and yeah. what's up, like kind of like Scrimmager, even though we don't like love Scrimmager, like he's like that, he's been through it, he gets it, he's in the minute, like all, like he gets the power. Yeah. Like I, Scrimmager is a very politician kind of minister, but I don't mind him because he's on our side. <laughs> yeah. But I feel the same way about Kingsley. I mean, I always like Kingsley. There's nothing to get, there's no knocks against him, but I think he is part of that like political machine, which I think we do see 
that the ministry has a lot of faults, like the American government, like there's a lot of corruption and there's just like a lot of, and part of it is like being under fudge, but like fudge wasn't a death eater. He was just like a bad person. (laughs) And I, I mean, Hermione is obviously a good person, but like, there's still like a lot of flaws in their government. Well, for sure. And you know, fudge, like bad person. He's on the wrong side of history, for but, sure. I just mean he's not, like, a, a death eater. Yes, yes, but yes. Like that, that, and more to say, like, you don't have to be, like, the extremist to, like, cause damage to the government. Like, you can be, which is, like, kind of the moral of our history currently. Like, if you're silent, you're causing just as much damage as... Right. That was, like, kind of what I was getting at on, like... Y'all just um, not be subtle. <laughs> He's on the wrong side of history, for sure. Um, For sure. Anyway, that was a good tangent, I think. Good tangent. I think all of that can stay in in pod. In pod. For the listeners, we are three hours into recording um, because we just keep talking about other stuff. (laughs) Oh, boy. But no, no regrets. No, no regrets tattooed. It spelled incorrectly on my forehead. You will get a much more pared down version. No worries. No, no worries for sure. Um, okay. We already talked about this a little bit, but now we're like in it. I just want to say like, what an awesome first lesson for Slugcorn and like a good way to introduce like these different potions and like, get them excited about potions, which no one's been excited about potions up until this point. I don't even think the Slytherins have been that excited about it. Like Snape is so unfriendly, even though he's like nice to the Slytherins, like who wants to be around that energy? Exactly. And I was excited about potions. So excited. This is such a by the way, such a fun first lesson. It's like a competition. He introduces you to all, and you know what else? I don't remember any other lesson as specifically as I remember this one. I know. I know exactly what potions they're brewing. I remember the counterclockwise thing. I remember that it's supposed to be pale pink. Like I remember so much about this lesson and it's because Slughorn is such a good teacher. He, and, and, like, yes, and he gives, like, appropriate compliments to, like, his students. Yeah. I don't care what, like, house they're in, like. Sorry, I'm, like, scratching my legs because I'm so excited. <laughs> it also just makes me so angry, and we talk about this a lot, like, the injustice of it all. Like, Snape is so awful and is such the oppressor of students. I agree, and then, like, okay, so in this moment, any teacher, I think, honestly, honestly, a lot of other teachers besides Snape could have been upset that Hermione was answering every question, but, like, nobody else is raising their hand, and Slughorn is so excited for her. He's like, yeah. and I guess I don't have to ask. You know the answer. What is it? Teach the class. He's, like, encouraging her to learn, to be excited about her knowledge, and I think Jim Dale does a really good job of reading this as Slughorn because I was just, like, so happy to watch Hermione get this like notoriety and potion <laughs> and kind of just having that background that like Slughorn wasn't like stoked about coming back to teach like he's in it now he's like this is what I love 
Well, I think, yeah, I think it was really sad that Slughorn lost this love because I think it was 100% because of Voldemort. And then, like, and he's really good at it. He's a great teacher. I love, I just, I and I love that we just, again, we, we get this, like, great Slytherin character that, like, doesn't, he's not a bad dude. Like, I just love it. And Same. I don't think he gets enough credit for being Slytherin. Me either. I fully believe that. I fully believe that he doesn't get as much credit, enough credit for being a Slytherin. And I, I have in the past been like timid about being like, well, Slughorn's like when, pe- when Slytherins are like, we get no good representation for Slytherin. I've been kind of timid about being like, well, Slughorn's like a really good Slytherin. Because, you know, people, you know, get upset about him, you know, maybe saying a few things. But I think Honestly, what happens with Voldemort is proof that he's such a good teacher because he wants to see the best in his students. Like, he gives the information not because he's, like, um, not because he's, he's promoting what Voldemort's doing. Like, even when you hear the unaltered version of that memory, he's still, like, that's like a really dark thing. I do not encourage it. Like he's like the appropriate thing. <laughs> like I educate kids. Like I'm in charge of a lot of kids and I do try and lead with honesty first. Like here's the information. That's not a nice thing to do. It's actually, you know, like that's a, you know, like if you're talking about, you know, right now I've had to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations about, you know, police brutality and why people are like protesting and things like that. And you have to like kind of explain to kids like what's been happening. And I'm not saying here's um here's like the side of the people that are racist and you should join that side. I'm saying here are the facts about what is happening and why people are upset about it. And I think that he needs to still do some work on like how he's talking about people and like Oh, the- I agree. Oh, totally. He's not and in part in some ways like his actions are speaking louder than his words because despite him being like like even though he was like problematic about like how he was talking about Mongolborns like he doesn't, he's showing Hermione, like, the respect she deserves in the moment, which I think is important, and he still needs to work on himself, but, like, I think those actions are really important. I think he's the most literal definition of ignorant. Like, he, in his head, like, he was, he's an older guy, he was grown, he was, like, brought up to believe a certain amount of facts, and so he's, like, still shocked when things that aren't those ideologies happen but he's like not going into it like oh this is a fluke or I'm not going to support you because you're that way he's like he's really like I don't see color of the wizarding world that is what he's saying and then he's also like open mind (laughs) and you know open mind with old rhetoric (laughs) As we all are, he is um, unlearning and relearning things um, to be a good ally, I hope. (laughs) I think he is trying to be a good ally. And I think he's probably 
I'm assuming this, that he's like gotten a lot better. Like, I think like probably when Lily was his student to like now, like, I think I'm assuming there's been some progression. Um, when, uh, and just, okay, just to bring it back a little bit to to this chapter, when Hermione's like, probably not, I'm muggle-born, um, which is a fun thing, not fun, sorry, fun is the wrong word, um, great, which, which is an interesting and great thing for the books, is that the Muggleborn thing, it is a lot, there are a lot of direct comparisons to race, but it's different than race because it's not seen, right? Yeah. So it is a lot more in this specific instance, a lot more like being Jewish and or let in the Holocaust, if you were like pass or being, or it being race, but you are passing. So you would have to say like, oh no, um, I'm actually black or I'm actually Hispanic or actually I'm Jewish. So I'm not, you know, I'm Muggle born. So I don't have any like great magical lineage, but thank you for complimenting my spell work. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I think it's a really great scene that she like, just, she says it in the class and Malfoy thinks he's going to laugh about it. But then Slughorn's like, Harry, this is your brilliant friend. I've been excited to meet her. Another moment where I might, I wanted to like, not cry, but like I got like kind of emotional. Every time like Hermione and Harry's friendship grows, I'm like warm and fuzzy inside. And she's so touched that Harry in whatever brief conversation he's had with Slughorn before this, like, talked about her and yeah. said this thing that and revered he her it. and he remembered it he did um yeah and I think it's also interesting for us as the reader like we are introduced to a world where like it's fine and normal to be muggle-born like we're only learning it from other characters that that's not the way it's always been, which I think is like a really that's a good point because we're in Harry's perspective. So he doesn't have any prejudice against Muggleborn. He doesn't know that. I mean, he obviously knows now, but like he only knows it by people telling him like he doesn't, he's never felt that or seen yeah. that. Like he is like the idea of like a child is not born racist, like because he wasn't a part of the wizarding world. <laughs> Yeah. Learned trait. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, I don't know. I, this whole conversation just got me, like, really sad again. <laughs> no, it's not. I, please don't apologize. It is 100% not your fault. It is J.K. Rowling's. I just, uh, she handles a lot of really complex, um, nuanced issues in a way that makes this blow more devastating. It's unfathomable. Did I say that word right? Unfathomable, yeah. That she doesn't extend this to other prejudice groups and minor, like minor, minority groups in the sense like trans and non-binary people are in the minority. Like it just, it it's 
fun fact. Yeah, I don't. It it really, honestly, it truly is hard for me to wrap my head around. It's one of those things where I have to remind myself every like couple minutes that it's like this is the same person. This is the same person because there is a special or was I will say a special place in my brain and my heart for J.K. Rowling. Like when people would ask if there were people on this earth alive or dead, like three people that you would want to talk to, J.K. Rowling was always in there and she is no longer a part of that group. And for some reason that feels, because like her books have had such a huge impact on my life, on your life. It's, it's, it is crazy to, to think about that. Yeah. And as you said, and this was posted a couple episodes ago, like we can only understand like a very small portion of it, not being part of that community. Like we can't even fathom like how difficult this is. No, yeah, like more than I can't fathom that JK Rowling can say the things that she has said. I cannot imagine what it would be like for her to invalidate my experience and my existence um to be cast out by a person that has that been I, if, and I know there are people that revere her in the same way that I do I'm in and more so that are experiencing um this kind of betrayal and I don't know how I think I would just be distraught I'd be completely devastated um honestly the only way that I can try to imagine it is if it would be like if during um the Black Lives Matter movement if JK Rowling had said that she was like against that movement and she like posted something that was like blue lives matter or that she wasn't in support of like that's the only way that I can try to like comprehend it we're like, that would never happen because she's like against things like that. And so we right. obviously extend that to other areas that are similar, but like right. for some reason for her, there's a block, which doesn't make any sense. Cause she taught us that there are no exceptions to that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we're still we're still processing clearly. <laughs> I know you got our message a couple episodes ago, but um, we recorded it today. <laughs> we recorded that message today. Today, today is June 11th, so we are hurting y'all. <laughs> um, on a happier note, um. Harry is smelling the amortensia and he smells like a flowery scent that he knows is from the burrow. Which we get that next chapter or at the end of this chapter. But at the end of this chapter, because I have a note that's like, I'm so happy the like payoff of this is really like, she yeah. doesn't, she doesn't hesitate. We know exactly what that's about. Yeah, I accidentally started listening to, like, the first five minutes of next chapter, so I wasn't sure if it was, I forgot. You've been doing this a lot recently. because I, I start listening, and I'm like, oh, I just keep listening. I don't want to stop. I also had a cheery or funny note. Um, what do you think Ron smells like that Hermione doesn't say? 
Well, I feel like I have like a cheap shot because like I watched the movie and they do let her say it in the movie. What did she say in the movie? Pyramid toothpaste. Oh, is that what he smells like? I think she like, it's, you know, like how sometimes there's like a deodorant or like a tooth. I think that's what, I think that's real. I remember like an ex of mine, they had a very specific deodorant that I remember and um, they left their uh, jacket in my room. And I just like remember smelling it and being like, I know that's them. And it's like a brand of deodorant. Like it's not like a them, them smell, but I just remember like. What do you think you would at, at that time? I was like, oh my God, that would be like the amortensia smell. What do you think you would smell? Not like necessarily associated with a person, but like what scents are like fat to you? Um, Christmas trees, like that, that would be one. And I think I've thought about this before. So like Christmas trees and um, make like a campfire or like, um, like wood. Or like wood shaving, you know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I was going to say. Like when you have like a fireplace going and you're like outside and you smell it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, that was the thought, my first thought. I love that smell. I also like the smell. Very earthy. I like, sometimes when I like really think about things that really, uh, that are attractive to me, I think I get in a really earth vibe, which is interesting for me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I like the smell, like, before it rains or, like, before it snows. Oh, like, I love that, too. Oh, that makes me think of Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah. Which, before it snows reminds me of, like, the fireplace smell, too. But, like, the rain smell is, like... I, I do love that rain smell, too, though. I don't, Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what I'd smell, but definitely the firewood, for sure. What if, like, you have your Amortensia guy? So, like... What of Griffins do you think? I don't know. I guess like deodorant, but like, I feel like also like, I probably could have answered this like six years ago, but now it's like, we've been you live together. So it's different. Your smell has have mixed. Yeah. Like if you go to somebody's house, you like smell whatever they, that house. Yeah. Like, I don't know what we smell like. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. I oh, I wish you had remembered from I, when I had like shirts of his and stuff like what you're saying, like that. I would, but I think it was probably like most associated with like deodorant. Yeah, is- but but I that's why I think the spearmint toothpaste makes a lot of sense because it's like that's what she smells. That's what he smells on her. That's what she smells on Ron all the time. Is like his yeah. toothpaste. Yeah. I also like, um, this might be like not having anything to do with Griff, but like, um, like shampoos that are like coconutty or like, um, like that kind of like smell. Yeah. Um, I like that smell, but like, I'm not like attracted to that. I use a lot of coconut products. Maybe that's why you smell it. Maybe you like that smell because it reminds you of me. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> We've both been using it too recently, but yeah, I don't know. There's certain candle smells that I like too. 
I like kind of like maybe like more associated to like manly smells, like like spices and stuff like that. Me too. I like like a manly spice. Like even for myself, I might like seek out like a fragrance if I was going to put a fragrance on, which I don't usually, but I'm, if it's a fancy night, I might put on like an essential oil. It'll be a more manly smell. We're saying like with candles. Yeah, sorry. We are in quoting manly. Um, I do like, we were talking about nature smells. Like I don't really like super floral smells though, personally. No, I'm definitely a more like woodsy Mm -hmm. smell person. Like I specifically like earthy smells, not florals. So like not dirt, obviously, but I'm with you. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That really makes me friend of the podcast, Ben, like mentioned going camping (laughs) and it makes me really want to like just go camping with our friends like I am in a very get back to nature social d activity if we all have our own tent well that's what we're talking about he messaged me and he was like do you have a tent and I said no but I, I honestly would buy one because I like to camp enough that I think I would get as an adult enough use out of it if other people were like interested in it we could get a tent from my dad but um I'm not notoriously a fan of camping yeah I like I don't like bugs which is my honestly I think that's my only qualm with the outdoors because I love everything else about being outdoors I really could be a person that like just camped for months and not do anything but I really don't like bugs I, for me, it's the bugs and also sleeping on the ground. I'm very that, sensitive yeah. about sleeping. The ground thing doesn't bother me. Even peeing outside really doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me as long as no one's around. And yeah, it's really, bugs really bother me and sleeping because I'm, I'm a bad sleeper to begin with. So I like, I, if I'm like uncomfortable and there's like a lot of noises, like I, I just know I won't sleep and then I'm grumpy with everybody if I don't sleep. That's fair. Do you have, do you think in their tent, their magic tent, do you think they had a shower in like a lavatory? Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. Ideal. I think they do because they have like bunks and stuff. Right. But I feel like that like brings in a whole plumbing situation that's different than a bunk. That's a really good point because I've always thought it was so weird that at the Quidditch World Cup, they had to go to an actual well to get water. Yeah. I think, I don't think there's a bathroom in there. I think you got to use the 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 trees the natural bathroom how are they showering for months they're using some aguamentis under those pits and in specific areas with some soap that they brought with them that Hermione brought correct and well they're all using I hope it's liquid soap it's not you know it's not that's not really that like atrocious that they're all using the same bar of soap. Like infecting it of itself. Right. I just bar soap is just such a I just Hermione's going through a lot with them. 
she doesn't she deserves better <laughs> i i moodiest boys in the world and hermione always a watchful eye on draco always i smell jenny's flowery scent but i'm always thinking about draco I'm have Felix stuff. Is that where you are? Yes, we talk a lot a lot about my notes like in other notes, so I'm trying to <laughs> Oh, Ron being jealous <laughs> after Harry um Harry after Ron's after Hermione says oh my goodness you like you actually said that to me about me to Slughorn and Ron's like I would have said the same thing like it's obvious you're the smartest in our year yeah like okay Ron calm down she's not making out with him I just like it because I do I do (laughs) ah I just shipped him I think you're smart too. And then like Hermione does kind of like a cheeky thing afterwards. Like she like says like, she like waves him off, but she's secretly smiling. I think it's very cute. She's loving it. Oh, I do have a question Mm -hmm. about Felix Felicis. So you say you're Felix Felicis first. Um, I just had some notes on it in general. Like, um, what does Slughorn do with that full cauldron of the potion? Does he sell it? Like, what does he do with it? He for sure sells it. Um, and then kind of tangentially related, I think we can like presume, like Harry says this later, that Draco like probably steals the polyjuice potion. Um, in this book, why wouldn't he also steal the Felix Felicis? It's like right next to it. Oh, I guess in my nog, I think about it because I've been altered from the movie. Where in the movie, he doesn't have the full cauldron of Felix Felicis out. He just has the small vial. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good cue. Maybe he just, like, can subtly get the polyjuice and, like, the Felix is maybe, like, too open. Yeah. What was your question? So, it says dawn to dusk. So I guess my question is, is it like a timer or is it literally, or is it based on like the changing of the sun? It's how much you take. So like two tablespoons would be like, like the whole day, quote unquote, like Dawn to Right. So here's what my little cue is. I think when we, when we like, read slash listen to this we should listen to what harry does for the first couple hours of the next day 
because his Felix Felicis would still be working, right? No, he only takes a swig of it because, and it, it's already, he's already losing it by the time he gets into the castle. Darn it. Because he, I, thought, I thought he chugged the full thing. Again, this is a movie thing. He chugs the full thing in the movie. I know this because he saves it and he gives it to all of them to drink the night he goes with Dumbledore. And they all have some of the Felix. Right. Right. Oh my God. That's so smart. I always think about that, that he doesn't drink all of it because he wanted to save it for something. He just didn't know for what. Wow. Bill shirt. uh, Bill didn't get me, huh? But Ginny and Luna and Nev did. Ginny and Luna and Nev. (laughs) And Ron and Hilly. And Ron, yeah. Honestly, I'm so excited for that battle because I haven't reread this book in a couple years and they don't have it in the movies. So I also haven't seen it in a couple years. So I'm really excited to just see this battle a little bit. And then I just had another note about like two back-to-back Draco checks. He's like, oh, what's Draco doing with his potion? Oh, now he's doing this. Well, and Draco's really intense about needing to, like, get that Felix Felicis. And I said, my note says, yeah, Draco, you definitely need that. My God, can you imagine, though? He would have, like, yeah, he would have, like, fixed the vanishing cabinet. But I also think he would have, like, failed because, like, it really worked out timing-wise when he did it. Yeah, I think unfortunately what might have happened is that he fixed the vanishing cabinet and might have been successful in getting the necklace to Dumbledore like I don't think that Dumbledore would have died via the necklace I think he's too smart but or like it would have been like lucky in a way that he didn't expect and he would have like gotten out of the whole Death Eater thing right Oh, that, that would have been great. Ooh. Oh, I love that thought experiment where it's like, oh, okay. So he gets the Felix Felicis, he drinks it. He thinks he's going to be successful in the vanishing cabinet. Doesn't work. He thinks he's going to be successful with the necklace. Doesn't work, but he ends up somehow. Oh my God, it's a dreary fan fiction waiting to happen. I think he ends up admitting what's going to happen to Dumbledore. Like, yeah. they really have that convo and he agrees to it. Yeah. He, and he like, has that convo with Dumbledore where, and he changes sides right there. He and Sissy get out of there. Oh my God, that is the best thing I've ever heard. I don't think anyone's ever said that. It happened just not in the way you expected. That's amazing. Classic Shakespeare. You know, Molly. I'm <laughs> sick. Um, this was so exciting. Let me know if I'm going too fast. But this was so exciting when he started to follow the directions of the book. And it was, like, working. Right. Agreed. And then so I got so mad because Hermione was, like, um, how are you doing that? And then Harry answered honestly, and she was like, no. 
I was like, well, you asked and he answered. So I don't know what you wanted. Do you think Harry lied? No, I think she was just like, well, you're wrong, Harry. And I'm like, okay, then don't complain when I win because I tried to tell you. Yeah, my next note was also like, I forgot how annoyed I am at Hermione about this whole book situation. Well, because it's clearly like a weird jealousy because I, I'm in, I have like mixed feelings. Like I see where she's coming from, where it's like, he's not getting this from his brain, but I think it helps that Harry's like willing to give her the information. She just doesn't want it. It's like, if you did extra research for an assignment, it's not like the half-blood prince is doing the potions for him. Like he's just reading the book well he says it like i'm just reading different instructions than you it's still instructions right like i think she she i mean not like this chapter a little bit but like later on she's like a total dick about it and it's really annoying and it's it kind of gets a little bit annoying in this chapter when she tries to lean on jenny's trauma because she's mad that harry wins like jenny comes in when they're talking about it later and she's like you can't follow something that you don't know what it means and um which is fair given the fact that she trusted a book that she should not have trusted and it really became like a terrible thing that happened in her life and Hermione's like yeah that's the perfect excuse to get rid of the book yeah like I like you're saying I 100% see where Jenny's coming from but like it's totally different it's like what Hondo P except for when he starts using the spells that he doesn't know agreed because This is just, like, lots of people write in their textbooks, like, notes about, like, thoughts on, like, what this is and, like, being critical thinkers. That's, like, been the key to this whole chapter. But, like, that's, like, a total normal thing to do, I feel like. Most F. But, yeah, you're right. Following something that you don't know. I mean, I guess, like, he didn't know what was going to happen with the potion, but I I still think it's very different. I think it's really different, too. Like, the book was writing back to her. (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, a full conversation, hun. You were telling that book your entire brain. (laughs) Even him following the spells is, like, bad, but it's not the same. Right. Um, But I do love, speaking of Jenny, that the Jenny payoff comes off, comes so quickly. The flowery smell. The flowery smell. Like, Harry, if you can't remember this from the book, Harry is like, Jenny starts speaking, and then Harry's like, there's the flowery smell. And then Jenny, like, gets on him about the book, and we're d- and Harry's distracted. So because he's dumb, he doesn't put two and two together. But we, the reader, does. Like, he doesn't even connect it at all. He's just like, when he smells the amor- Tisha, he's like, oh, a flowery scent, like the burrow. Oh, a flowery scent. Oh, here's Jenny. Like, he doesn't put it together. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like, and it's nice because I like that we know and he doesn't. It makes it more cute. And it makes sense that, like, he associates it with the burrow. Like, the burrow is that to him also. 
my last note was just like the reveal like the book is the property of the half-blood prince like so exciting what a fun mystery yeah so exciting uh i just i'm really jealous of my friend esther who will be a guest on the podcast very soon or potentially whenever this goes out has already been a guest i don't know (laughs) um but um she is experiencing it all for the first time. She doesn't know who the Half-Blood Prince is. It's fuck wild. It's crazy. Like, when I say she has genuinely, like, no spoilers, like, she just finished The Prisoner of Azkaban, and she was like, it was Scabbers? It was Rod's Rat? <laughs> How did you miss this spoiler? She was like, Lupin's a werewolf? And her sister's like in the background and she's watched the movie. She's read all the books her sister has. And her sister was like, his name is literally Lupin. (laughs) All right. Um, I did not have a quiz question. I have a quiz question that you're probably going to get right. I'm ready. Um... Who wrote Advanced Potion Making? Oh, I have no idea. Wait, Slinkheart. No, that's a different one. There is a guy who wrote Slink, like Slinkheart. Oh, that was, oh no, that was Umbridge's book. Slinkheart book. Was <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you saw, you were looking down on your book, but I said, you're probably going to get it right. Oh, uh, what, who is it? Um, it is, uh, uh, Labius Boris. Oh, I was Labius is an unfortunate name. I couldn't even really read it on there. Oh, now I can, but yeah. oh, it's Labitatius. Yeah, I was never gonna get that. They say it in this chapter. I just, um, okay, I just came up with it. What is the um ingredient that he has to use like the knife on, like on the side? Oh, oh, um, he has to crush the, I don't know. I should know. I don't know. What is it? I was just, um, looking it up. Wait, wait, oh, no. I'm thinking of a bazaar. Um, a sophorous bean. Was never going to get that. <laughs> bean, yeah. I don't know. I knew it was a type of bean. <laughs> um, how many points did you give it? 100. Why oh, went 150? Ooh. I really love this chapter. I do like this chapter. It's great. I remember being, like, really intrigued by the Half-Blood Prince book. I'm also really intrigued by all of the different potions that we learn about, which is why I think that I also remember this chap, like, the details of this chapter, besides the sophorus theme. So specifically, because I think all of these potions are really fun and exciting, I'm going to say 125 because I know that chapter, which is the House of Gone, is like a powerhouse chapter. 
I'm going to give this, I'm going to bump up also to 125. I'm going to give 25 points specifically to, um, there's no need to call me sir professor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well with that, did you, I gave Harry my champ. My champ is Slughorn. Okay. That that's good. I just was like, good job, Harry, for winning and for the serve. Yeah, I think I think Harry was my secondary champ, but I like Slughorn in this chapter a lot. I like that we get a good potions teacher. And I really did. Like, I was, like, touched and tickled to see him be so excited about Hermione. Because even with the other teachers that like her, besides, like, Flitwick in year one, we don't get to see her be rewarded for her intellect very often. So. Yeah. I think McGonagall does. I do, but we just aren't in Transfiguration that much. Yeah. Um, I gave my rat to Hermione, though, even though I agree. I just think that I was mad about the famed Frisbee. I was mad about, like, the whole book stuff. I thought about giving it to Snape, but, like, I just think he was the obvious choice. I was like, I also was, like, kind of upset with her. I went for a shocking choice. My rat is Graham. <laughs> oh, you have a thing about Graham. <laughs> Graham gets on my nerves. I don't like that how she treats my Nev. Fair. Totally fair. Um, what, did you do a tattoo? Probably the Felix fleece. It's like from the movie, like the shape. That's what I said. I said it's either the little vial of Felix Felicis from the movie, like liquid luck, like just have that on you for, that's awesome. Or um, I said, somehow I'll work this onto my body. There's no need to call me Sir Professor. (laughs) Iconic. I don't know if I'm that committed to the line, but. I'm committed. (laughs) I get like a really nice bumper sticker. I did decide, and I was already, I think, leaning towards this, that given recent updates with J.K. Rowling, I might be more inclined, I think, now to do art as, a, as opposed to a quote. Yeah, I feel like a quote is, um, which if we do our round table if anyone has tattoos about Harry Potter how they feel about them that's a good that's a good like cue facilitator cue yeah um yikes big yikes um great well this has been a four-hour episode (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my beers didn't help I had three glasses of wine. Um, but it was great. We we once again solved the world's problems. Solved the world's problems. Fixed everything. Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum 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 bum.